What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Monday, October 30th. And you know what that means. Tomorrow is Halloween. The costumes, the candy, hopefully no pennies being handed out. I don't know if that's still a thing, but I know when I was growing up, even though, yes, I'm still growing up, when I was a little kid and you would go around trick-or-treating to your neighbor's houses, this was a long time ago. These were the days where you didn't have to worry about, oh, you know, who's my neighbor? Do I need to check the sexual predator list before I go around the neighborhood because uh, that's a thing now not a lot of people go around neighborhoods they go to malls shopping centers and all that but people used to hand out pennies so you would go to a house and instead of getting a three musketeers maybe a Kit Kat something like that they would bring out a tray of pennies and they would give you maybe two pennies Some people nowadays, they ask for more candy. Like, oh, can I have another one? I don't remember if we did that for the pennies or not. Like, here's two pennies. Oh, can I have another one? Make it three. But I hope that's not being done anymore. I don't go trick-or-treating. I don't have kids, so I don't bring anybody uh, trick-or-treating. But for those of you that do have kids, and I'm sure there's a lot of you here in this audience that do have youngsters, maybe you could let me know if people are still handing out pennies or what the worst thing possible is that people are handing out. I think the best possible thing, and I'm not going to talk about this a lot. I'm going to get into what happened over the weekend, especially yesterday, but the best thing would be candy corn. I'm one of those guys who loves candy corn. I think it's fantastic. It tastes great. A lot of people hate it. I don't know why, but whatever, whatever makes you happy. Halloween, it's great. You know, everyone dresses up, and some people dress up like they really want to dress up every day, but they can't. Exactly. Anyhow, it's not Halloween yet. That is tomorrow. What it is today is a Monday, and it's not just an ordinary Monday. It's a victory Monday. And that goes for the Miami Dolphins. And it's also a victory for the Miami Hurricanes football team. Today, we celebrate not one, but two victories on the same day we celebrate it. They happened on back-to-back days in the same stadium. Very business-like yesterday for the Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't say it was... Super exciting. I wouldn't say, wow, you know, look at that Dolphins performance. They handled their business. They beat the Patriots 31-17. They're now 6-2. and two, And they're on their way to Germany to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'll be discussing what I saw yesterday. I'm not going to get into what I think we're going to see on Sunday in Germany. I'll do that later on this week. I'm also going to get into, I think, I believe I'll have a little bit of time for this, the University of Miami in the same building the day before, picking up another overtime win. This one was against Virginia, 29-26 in OT. Mark Fletcher Jr. with a walk-off touchdown with a little help from his linemen pushing him in 
to the end zone. So the Dolphins are 6-2. and two. The University of Miami football team is 6-2. and two. That's fun, isn't it? What else do we have going on? We got the Heat. We got the Panthers. And I'll tell you right off the bat, the Heat and the Panthers are not going to get much love today, at least for me. The Heat, first of all, they don't deserve much love. They got swept on back-to-back nights in Boston and Minnesota. They do play Milwaukee this evening, but this is going to be football today. The Florida Panthers, they did have a nice comeback win on Saturday over the Kraken. That would be the Kraken from Seattle. And please, remember I said Kraken. I didn't say crack like hopefully none of you in the audience know about, but the Seattle Kraken. Uh, The Panthers, they are in Boston now, and they'll be taking on the Bruins. That'll be their first game against Boston since uh, the Cats snatched their soul in that playoff series last season, which doesn't really seem all that long ago because it wasn't. So I'm going to be headed back to South Florida. I'm in Medellin right now. Can you blame me? I'm going to be headed back to South Florida on Friday. So Friday, I'm back in South Florida. I've got some traveling planned. I've got my poker tournament coming up next Tuesday night. We just had it a couple of weeks ago. It's already here again. It happens every month. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. So the next one will be next Tuesday, which is November 7th. Wednesday, this Wednesday, we're already at November. Nuts. This year's just flown by. I feel like I say that every year now. So I hope to see you out there in the poker room at the Hard Rock next Tuesday night, November 7th. Put a reminder in your phone right now. $20,000 is guaranteed in the prize pool for my poker tournament. The buy-in is $250. They're going to give you $40,000 in chips. The last tournament I had there a couple of weeks ago, we had more than $30,000 in the prize pool. So come on out. We get to play cards. We get to chat. Uh, You get to hear what I'm up to, and I get to hear uh, what you're up to, and I get to take your chips. And in addition to the money in the prize pool, which is a lot, if you get lucky and knock me out of my own tournament, I'm going to give you two seats on the glass to go see the Florida Panthers in action. That is courtesy of the Workers' Comp Legal Center. So I hope to see you guys out there next Tuesday night, November 7th, The tournament starts at 6 p.m., but you can get there until 9.30 and still be in the tournament. Tuesday night, November 7th, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Like I said, right now, I'm here in Medellin. They do something a little different here in Colombia when it comes to voting weekends. I can't imagine if they did this in the U.S. It would never happen. But there was an election here yesterday for the mayor and, I believe, governor. And when there's an election, you cannot buy any alcohol in a supermarket, in a store, in a restaurant. No alcohol from the Friday at 6 p.m. before the election until Monday morning 
uh, at 6 a.m. Actually, it's Saturday to Monday. It's not Friday. So Saturday, 6 p.m., the election is on Sunday. But from Saturday, 6 p.m. until Monday at 6 a.m., all the grocery stores, they have uh, tarps. They have things up there where you cannot buy alcohol. And restaurants, you can only order soda, lemonade, water, some type of juice. No alcohol served during elections. And I'm told, I haven't Googled this and I'm not going to Google it. I'm told it happens for a couple of reasons. One, they don't want people to go to the polling place drunk, although you can drink in your house. And two, I think which is the most important thing and maybe the most real they don't want votes being bought through alcohol. Like, hey, vote for this. Here's two beers. Now, this is something that would never happen in the U.S. Not saying that people don't or can't buy a vote through liquor, but not being able to sell alcohol, like shutting down nightclubs. I remember when that happened during COVID. But for elections, you take away money from restaurants and businesses, companies, forget about it. So that'll never happen in the United States, but that does happen not just here in Colombia. But I think many places in Latin America. So yesterday I got my whole football set up. I'm watching four games at once. I put up a a post or it was on my Instagram story actually where I've got my setup with the television and four different screens. I've got the international NFL ticket through uh, Apple TV, that device as well. And you can put up four screens at once. It's amazing. Somebody told me about this. I had no idea. And you could do this at home, at home too if you've got the Apple TV device. I'm not talking about like buying Apple TV per month. The actual small box, I got it for, I want to say, 149 bucks. So you buy the box, and then you connect it to your receiver or your television, and then you use, like I use the ESPN app or the DAZN app for my NFL pass, but on a Saturday or any day, you watch games on ESPN, and through the ESPN app and a lot of other apps, you could put up four games at once. So it's fantastic. If you've got a big television, and you can have four full screens there, I mean, they're not full obviously they're not going to multiply into four tvs but it takes up a full screen with four different screens it's a fantastic um device it's a fantastic way to watch sports because some of you can't have four televisions in one room i get it in miami i've got three here in medellin i've got one big one but with that apple tv box you could watch four different sporting events at one time and switch back and forth, make them full screen. I feel like I got my own red zone here on a Sunday. It's it's really cool. And, of course, watching football with friends. Girls, 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 girls. Well, I'm talking about guy friends. I can't be distracted during an NFL Sunday. Like, NFL Sundays, I got to watch the games. I can't have extracurricular activities going on. Now, I know almost all of you saw that Dolphins game yesterday. Hopefully live, you don't have a significant other that makes you DVR it. I know a couple people like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? DVRing a football game? No way. 
I want to tell you what I saw in that game. I want to tell you what I think is important uh, from what I saw in that game. And I'll get into the Chiefs matchup in Germany. I'm not going to Germany. I did think about it, but I'm not going uh, to Germany. Uh, But I'll get into that matchup a little bit later on this week. Maybe touch on it tomorrow, but definitely Wednesday and uh, moving forward into Sunday. Right now, though, this is all about the Miami Dolphins being 6-2. and And I have many things to say, but I can't get to them until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. How wild is it that the Miami Dolphins put up 31 points They beat Bill Belichick for the second time this season. We're talking about one of the greatest coaches of all time. And the Dolphins just beat him twice in a season. They put up 31 points. And after the game is over, during the game and after the game, I'm like, meh. If you're a Dolphins fan, how did that win feel to you yesterday? Wasn't it just like, okay, yeah, all right. I'm not saying the Dolphins didn't do great stuff. I'm not saying that it wasn't a quality win. But this Dolphins team, they're so talented and and explosive. We've seen it. Where yesterday we're watching the game and they're just, they're fine. They made some big plays. But nothing crazy, nothing extraordinary. It felt like a, a normal game. Now, I want to give you some perspective here. The reason the Dolphins put up 31 and beat Bill Belichick for the second time this season, and in the end, it felt to me just like, okay, a, a normal game and a, a normal win. I think the reason for that is that's what it's supposed to feel like when your team is really good. And that's something we're not used to. I'm not used to talking about a really good Miami Dolphins team. I'm just used to coming on here and talking about the Dolphins and probably a lot of misery and like, okay, the Dolphins are just mediocre. The Dolphins are such a good football team this season. The day after they put up 31 and beat Bill Belichick for the second time in a season, it's just like, okay, yeah, all right. Nothing special. That's probably what it's felt like to a Chiefs fan for so long. So many years with different teams around the league that are really good. The Patriots for... Gosh, knows how many years with Brady and Belichick. Your team wins, and you're like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, we won. (laughs) When's the last time it felt like that as a Dolphins fan? And I'm sure you guys were probably feeling the same way I was. You're like, okay, it wasn't a huge win, but we'll take it. Do you have any idea what past Dolphins coaches and teams would have given to sweep Bill Belichick? 
to sweep him and in that second game beat him by two touchdowns like it was nothing. That's what this Dolphins team just did. And I also think that Mike McDaniel made a really good point after the game. He said this team, the Dolphins, could lead the league in distractions. It was a divisional game after a tough nationally televised loss in Philadelphia. And it's right before they hop on a flight to go to Germany. It's right as Hard Knocks starts to film, get in there with their cameras. Mike McDaniel's words were the Dolphins could have led the league in distractions, but instead that did not happen. The team locked in and they got the job done. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. What more can we say about them? There's not a better one-two punch in the NFL. And when you have a game where both of those guys eat, a day where both of them end up with more than 100 yards, forget it. That Dolphins offense is impossible to stop because they've got so much speed. And Tua yesterday, at the beginning of that game, and we've seen this now a couple of times, the beginning of the game, you're looking at Tua, and you're like, what's going on here? He's not right. He's off. It just didn't seem like it was going to be his day. He made one terrible throw, which got picked off. He had trouble with the handoff to Raheem Mostert. And the New England Patriots, they didn't seem like they were falling for any of that motion that the Miami Dolphins do. But in the end, Tua got his head together, and the Miami Dolphins, they win. They win by 14, and we're just like, yeah, okay, they won. Usually, you can see plays where the opposition is very tricked to a He's got Tyreek moving or Jalen moving or Raheem's moving. Uh, the defense, they're just like, whoa, 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 what just happened here? What's going on? Yesterday, it didn't look like the Patriots got fooled that much, which is a testament to having one of the greatest coaches of all time on the sideline there. Plus, this was the second meeting of the season for these two teams. So Bill Belichick. Not only one of the greatest coaches of all time. You might hate him, cheating, all of that. It's the same thing with like Nick Saban. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Having seen the Dolphins already, there was not going to be many surprises that he was going to see on that field yesterday. Thankfully, Tua later on showed his elite accuracy. And some of his ball placement, I know at the beginning it looked awful. Some of the ball placement he had yesterday was amazing. And his skilled wide receivers, they were making plays. Jalen was slipping on one play, jumped up, and then made a sick grab. You, you talk about the core wide receivers of this Dolphins team. They're fantastic. And then I think the best thing that Tua did, one of the – probably the most important drive of the game. New England, they score a touchdown to cut it to seven. 
So the Dolphins, they're up seven with the ball, and two and the offense, they go down and get it done. A critical drive down the field. It ended with a Tua to Jalen Waddle touchdown, and then finally we got to see Stephen Ross waddling, which I'm sure was something all of you have been dreaming about, watching Stephen Ross do the waddle. Last time, they didn't show it, only the tail end. And here's a, a note to the networks. I don't understand what the networks are doing here when they're showing Dolphins games. They should not cut away from the Dolphins after they score. Because they've had so many fun, interesting, and different touchdown celebrations. So I don't know what needs to be said. Hopefully somebody gets the message. The networks need to realize you need to keep the camera on the Miami Dolphins after they get into the end zone. Because they will do something fun and different and entertaining. From the waddle to uh, Mostert and Tyreek power walking. We don't need to see the opposing coach looking sad after the Dolphins score. Stay with the celebration and then show the reactions, the replays, whatever else you want to show. I just loved that drive, the mentality of that drive where the Dolphins said, okay, it's our ball. We're going to take it down the field and we are going to bury you. That is what the Dolphins need to hold on to from yesterday's win. Because against a good team or in a playoff game, that killer instinct, that ability to finish, where you're finishing the drive and you're finishing the game, that is winning football. And in a game where I saw a lot more punts than we're used to from Miami, it was great to see that they knew how to seal the deal just like you can try to seal the deal on early retirement it can happen contact trajan wealth they are located locally in palm beach i've been telling you about trajan wealth for months now they've been in the palm beach area for months now they are a great company they're around the country and they can help you out. You like vacationing during the summer? You want to vacation more? You might be thinking there's no way I can retire early. You can. Your first step is contacting Trajan Wealth. They will design a plan based around your goals, which is the most important thing. Visit their site, TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or give them a call at 561-390-1000. Start planning your early retirement today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. The Miami Dolphins' offensive line, would a mess be a good way to describe it? The injuries to that O-line, they're getting a bit ridiculous. The Dolphins had two more O-linemen go down yesterday. One of them came back, but they're still missing four of their starters, including Connor Williams, their center, and Teron Armstead, the vet. We know that Tua releases the football faster than any other QB in the league. 
I mean, so that's a positive. That's not an opinion either or a theory. That That's a fact. Nobody gets the ball out quicker than Tua. So if you've got a patchwork O-line, at least you have a quarterback who isn't holding on to the ball so long, and you're not asking that O-line to block for an extended period of time. The longer they block, the better, of course. But in reality, even if Tua had an O-line where he could sit back there on a chair and just wait. I don't know if that necessarily, and maybe this is crazy to say, but I don't know if that necessarily changes a whole lot with this Dolphins team because of the movements that they have offensively, all of the motion, and just the quick fire to Tyreek or Jalen or Braxton Berrios Wilson, whoever it may be, that's how this offense works. It was built around Tua. It was built to get him to get rid of that ball quickly. So you, by no means am I saying the O-line doesn't matter. You want to give the quarterback time if he needs it. All I'm saying is, if there's a positive, any positive that you could say, instead of just completely negative oh my gosh the Dolphins O-line they're so beat up how are we ever going to win football games if there's any positive the one quarterback in the league that is able to get past the battle line would be Tua and I know that's also crazy to see considering Tua's head injury history but I hope you understand what I mean Tua can get past a battle line. And if it wasn't for his history with concussions and knock on wood, so far he's fine. And he got hit a few times yesterday. He was taking some hits. He he was fine. If there was any period in that game where it looked like he wasn't fine, it was as the game started before he was getting hit. After he got hit, he got right back up. He he looked fine. I get knocked down. That's what you want from Tua. You don't want him to get hit in the first place, but hopefully all of that off-season mixed martial arts, it really worked. And mentally, he's much more prepared. He, he didn't get blindsided, and we haven't seen that yet. Hopefully we won't. But when he sees a hit coming, he's protecting himself a lot better than he used to. The only bad news is that yesterday... He had to throw the ball 45 times. That's a lot. And he had to throw it 45 times because the Dolphins weren't successful running the football. Overall, that's not going to be a formula for success. He's capable of it. But when you drop a guy back 45 times, a lot can go wrong. You're giving yourself so many more opportunities for something to go wrong. The Dolphins cannot become a one-dimensional football team. If you don't have a threat to run the football, and I don't think they're going to become a one-dimensional team, but if you don't have a threat when it comes to the running game, that's a major problem for your entire offense. Part of the reason everything has worked 
all season long so far is because they've had balance. If you've got a banged-up offensive line, while Tua can release that ball quickly and it's going to be okay for him with his part, the running game, not so much. And when it comes to the running game, the biggest thing that is missing is Devon Achan. Never did I think after eight weeks I'd be saying Devon Achan is the biggest piece missing for the Miami Dolphins, but we saw what he was able to do. The dude was incredible. The backfield, they've been missing Achan for, what, a couple of weeks now? And Jeff Wilson Jr., Savan Ahmed, they've stepped in because Achan has been out. But those vets, have either of them shown you as a Dolphins fan that they're at least a decent backup to Raheem Mostert? Neither has impressed me. I know Jeff Wilson Jr. was coming back from an injury. Savon Ahmed was also banged up. But when you have a backfield of Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, it's completely different than Mostert with Jeff Wilson Jr. slash Savon Ahmed. Mostert and Achan, just so good. At least on the other side of the ball, the Dolphins were able to welcome back Jalen Ramsey. I talked plenty about the Dolphins' offense and about Tua, but having Jalen Ramsey back, and he came back yesterday, October 29th, incredible. All accounts, all reports had Jalen back maybe in December. I remember when he first went down. A couple days later, the reports came out. Jalen's targeting December, which would be incredible if he can come back in December. The dude didn't even wait until November. He had knee surgery, and he's back in October. I'll be at the end of October, but still, a professional athlete is just a freak of nature. Pro athletes are just built differently. They're not built like me or you, any of us, unless you're a pro athlete in this audience right now. A ridiculous rehab regimen that Jalen went through, a ridiculous effort to get back yesterday. And then wouldn't you know, it's second quarter. The Dolphins are up 14-7. New England, they're driving down the field and a huge turning point in the game. Jalen Ramsey reads Mac Jones. He picks him off. Jalen comes back and gets a pick. That set the Dolphins up for a field goal uh, at the end of the second quarter. He absolutely earned it. Once the Dolphins have their entire secondary back, their defense is healthy, I think it's going to be a totally different story. It was a big day for all the Jalens. Heck, Jalen Ramsey comes back, gets a pick. Jalen Phillips had a sack. Jalen Waddle, more than 100 yards receiving. Three dudes named Jalen on the Dolphins. And the funniest part is all three Jalens spell their name differently. <laughs> they're all making plays in the same game. They're all Jalen and they're all spelled differently. You don't see that very often, do you? Maybe you see Mac Jones get picked often. 
I said Jalen read Mac Jones. Not like it's that difficult to do. Mac Jones is so bad. I do think that the Dolphins D played well. Uh, they did have some good pressure. Cater Kohu was pretty disruptive. So there was a lot of good I saw from the Dolphins defensively, but to me, it, it comes it comes with the notion that it's Mac Jones you're going up against. New England, I'm sure, is going to move on from him. I know the fans have already moved on from him. Mac Jones has a future as a career backup. He has no business starting for the New England Patriots. So I expected the Dolphins' D to ball out just because Mac Jones is bad, and they've seen him before. So it wasn't so much of a surprise, like, hey, the Dolphins' defense, wow, they did really well, and they were still missing some key parts, Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, and more. So now... What's the storyline? The Dolphins are 6-2. and two. They just swept the New England Patriots. They're going to Germany. What's the storyline with this football team? Because we saw some games yesterday that make you scratch your head. What, what's going on in the NFL? Where do the Miami Dolphins rank compared to all these other teams that we've seen? And you know the whole saying out there nationally and probably locally too, oh, the Dolphins, they've beaten nobody. They've played two good teams and they lost to both of them. So going into this game now, which I'm not really going to get into in the next segment, but overall going into this game against the Chiefs, where does this Dolphins team really stand? Where do you put them? What do you really think of them? I'll get to that conversation in just a moment. Tomorrow is Halloween, and you know the best thing on Halloween, the best costumes. They are worn by gorgeous. And then when you add a contest to the mix, forget about it. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. That is the place to be any night of the week, but specifically tomorrow night because on Halloween night Dean's Gold is having a costume contest not for those of you that are going to come in and see the beautiful ladies it's a costume contest for all those gorgeous women who are on stage and surrounding you at Dean's Gold tomorrow night the beautiful ladies at Dean's Gold who always look good they're gonna look even that much better dressed up in their favorite costumes because they're having a contest and you know they want to win. You will always feel like you're winning when you head to Dean's Gold. And not only can you go tomorrow night for Halloween, you can go any night. Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. You don't want to wait till tomorrow. I don't blame you. Go watch the football game there tonight. You'll be entertained during every timeout. And you can have your own halftime show, even the basketball game. You'll have plenty of fun the entire night and even early morning at Dean's Gold. They are the ultimate gentleman's club for a reason. That's because the beautiful ladies and the ones in costume tomorrow night, they come from all over the world. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street, and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with beautiful, 
beautiful women who come from all over the world. And tomorrow night in costume, there's only one place in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. So what's the storyline now with the Miami Dolphins? The storyline this week, and it's definitely earned, it's can the Dolphins beat a good football team? And I know the Chiefs are coming off of a loss to the Broncos in Denver where there was not up to 13 inches of snow during the game. See, I got a problem with that, and I sent out a, I'm still going to call it tweet. I sent out a, a tweet on top of Adam Schefter's tweet the other day. Schefter, who's got millions of followers and has a big influence, he says in a tweet, The forecast from the National Weather Service for the Chiefs-Broncos game on Sunday has 6 to 13 inches of snow. The minute I saw that, I said, wait a minute, let me go to the National Weather Service in Denver. Let me see their hourly forecast all broken down from their official site, not weather.com or AccuWeather, from the actual forecaster. And I look at game time, and it says... 0.1 inches of snow possible. 0.1. There's a chance of 0.1 come kickoff time. And the problem I have is that that kind of tweet and that kind of information from a legitimate reporter can affect, and I'm sure it did affect, so many people's wagers. Wagers, fantasy football teams, which includes wagering. And now with networks being tied into the sports books, that's just a dangerous place to be. To give out info that is not just like a wrong prediction, it's false. It's truly false info. It's wrong. So... I said, hey, that's a cool forecast, but the real forecast calls for 0.1 inches of snow possibly and nothing after that. And for those of you that saw the Broncos Chiefs game, it was not affected by snow because there was none on the field. It had snowed the day before and earlier that day. Anyhow, the Chiefs lose that game, not because of the snow, and they're used to snow anyway. They lose to the Broncos, the same team that the Dolphins put up 70 on. Either way, the Chiefs are still the defending Super Bowl champs. This is the test that the Dolphins have wanted. This is going to be a potential AFC championship preview. If the Dolphins win this, they'll be 7-2 and two going into their bye, and they'll be feeling incredible. If they lose their 6-3 and three at the bye, and everybody will say the Dolphins' three losses were to good football teams, And their six wins were against bad football teams. You can't fault the Dolphins for beating up on bad teams. That's what they're supposed to do. They don't make their schedule. All they can do is play the teams that come into Hard Rock Stadium or where they fly into. And if they're not good, you take care of business and you beat them. It's still the Dolphins' job to beat them. The Chiefs couldn't beat a bad football team yesterday. We see this happen all the time. The Dolphins, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They have not beaten a really good football team yet. 
maybe that changes on Sunday. So the storyline about, okay, the Dolphins can't beat a good team, it's it's reality. It's not a narrative. It's a fact. But the thing is, this isn't the old BCS system in college football. There's no strength of schedule here. You beat your opponent, you get a W, and you move on. The good thing about this game coming up Sunday, it's not an arrowhead. Sure, the trip to Germany is long, but you're not going into a stadium where it's going to be so many Chiefs fans and a a crazy environment like you would have in Kansas City. We'll hear about the Tyreek storyline. And look, the Dolphins' most explosive offensive weapon, who's already at 1,000 yards just eight games into the season, is going up against his old team. He's got Tua throwing to him instead of Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, that's going to be a storyline, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I talked plenty about the Dolphins. I got one more to discuss, and I'll do that in just a moment. Maybe I'll get another victory in my next poker tournament. Join me next Tuesday night, November 7th, the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Tuesday night, November 7th, $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool. You'll start with 40000 in chips. It's 250 bucks to buy in. If you knock me out of my own tournament, which I don't think you'll do, but if you do get it done, I'm going to give you two seats on the glass to go see the Florida Panthers, courtesy of the Workers' Comp Legal Center. Put a reminder in your phone right now. It's coming up next Tuesday night, November 7th, $20,000 minimum in the prize pool for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I was just talking about the Dolphins doing what they have to do, getting wins against their opponent. If their opponent's bad, you get a W. The Canes, they did the same thing on Saturday. It shouldn't have gone to overtime because Virginia's not very good, and Tyler Van Dyke, he wasn't good. He threw two picks, should have been three. Miami was playing with their food. They almost lost the football game, but in the end, they got the job done. And to their credit, their O-line pounded and pounded. They got some big yardage. Cam Kitchens had a nice pick six. Big difference in the game. And with under a minute to play, Miami, they learned how to take a knee. But in this case, it was because they didn't trust Tyler Van Dyke to go out there and not make a mistake. I'll get more into the Canes with Luke on a Luke Tuesday. That's all the time I got for this Monday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.